Amen. Yes, let's give it up. Let's show some appreciation to our worship team. For just ushering us into the Lord's presence. So grateful for you, uh, to each and every member of the worship team, as well as uh, everybody else who, who uh, just spends time in, in joy uh, to serve the Lord. We have uh, our production team in the back, video team, uh, switchers back there. Yeah, let's give it up. Ushers, greeters. We have a great, fabulous children's ministry team and so many other people behind the scenes that are just, just giving it all for the glory of God. And we, we really appreciate you. So welcome, church family. Uh, so good to see you. Uh, my name is Rick, and I serve here as a ministry director, and uh, on behalf of our Lord Jesus, I just want to welcome you to his house, and of course, um, the stewards, the major stewards are traveling, so I send you greetings from, from them. Uh, they are in California, and to those of you online, aloha, good to see you all. Thank you for joining us uh, wherever you're at. So today, we're going to continue our journey in the Joyful series, uh, and this is the second to the last week, so we're almost to the finish line, and next week, Major Lynn's going to bring it home with, with a message on joy, but today, we're going to focus again on the word hope, so we're going to close out this, this um, journey that we've been going to, and we're going to end with hope here today, and it's a very special word. I hope it's a special word for you, because it's talking about our expectations, and yeah, not just any old expectations, but hope has to do with the things you're looking forward to, right? Hope has to do with the things you're looking forward to. And um, what are you looking forward to this morning? Maybe some of you are looking to get in out of here and getting some lunch and taking a nap. Some of you are, are hoping that your football team wins. I can see the phone coming out every now and then to check the score, right? But anyway, we're all hoping for something. Share with us online. What, what, what are you hoping for today? But I can tell you that the word hope has a very significant meaning to the Christian because the things we hope for actually have an impact on our lives today. You believe that? In fact, let's check out this statement here. Our hope, what we expect, it does shape our decisions, our attitudes, and our behaviors. And it drives our behaviors even today. So it's really important to understand hope and how it impacts our lives. Let me, let me give you an example. So last year I turned 50 years old. Woo! I reached a 50-year milestone. Thank you very much. Wasn't it? Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I'm 50. Okay. And one of the things I looked forward to, was hoping for when I got to 50, was to celebrate by doing an adventure trip. I like outdoors. So, hey, let's go celebrate by doing something fun and adventurous. So, I was bummed last year, June. Um, pandemic. Ain't doing nothing. Just locked down. But I was hopeful restrictions would lift. And sure enough, they did. And I was able to take my family to Utah in Zion National Park. Anybody been there? One of the most beautiful places that you can visit in the United States. Absolutely gorgeous scenery, colors. And, and one of the things was the hikes, yeah? The hikes are just like second to none. And so the big hike I was looking forward to among all the little hikes was Angel's Landing. It stands over well above a mile over sea level. And um, it's where angels land. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, um... But it's like, a, it's this adventure hike, and it's like a 1,500-foot climb. I can see some of the young people in here going, yeah, 1,500-foot climb. And um, it is also one of the deadliest hikes in America. Um, but that's not the reason I chose to go on it. It just happens to be where people just taking selfies and, no, like, oh, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't make fun of that. Anyway, um, so because it's not like your typical hike, but something I wanted to do, I knew I had to prepare for it. 
I knew I had to be in good shape. And one of the things, you know, last November, if you were here, I was on crutches and I had to get my knee fixed up, get some junk removed. And, and so got my knee fixed, read some books and things. And I had to do that because I wanted to avoid any accidents and I wanted to be successful. So I did that. And um, it was good and it, it paid off. So again, I was preparing for what I was looking for, forward to. And it was an intense climb, and it was mentally as well as physically challenging. Mentally, for a couple reasons. One, there were sections where you're just, you're just hanging on with a chain. Like, and if you don't hang on to the chain, then aloha, right? I mean, just you can see it on the left. That's one picture. But soon after this guy, that's not me, but he's walking. Soon after that, it just drops. And you just mentally, if you're afraid of heights, done. Um, and then the other reason, while it was men mentally challenging for me, because I had my son with me. Yeah, my, my, my firstborn son, and uh, obviously that just added a weight to this whole hike for me. But I, we persevered, Noah and I persevered. You can see a picture of him. Yeah, you had to climb that ridge there all the way to get to the, the angel's landing. And that's, about, that's at about 1,000 foot high. You had to go another 500 feet up to get to, uh, to get to the top. But we made it to the top, and the views were amazing, were spectacular. Again, things you just can't describe. And that journey, that effort was worth the trip. In fact, the challenge of climbing made it even that much more rewarding. Like, we did it. Now, I have Mount Everest in my sights. <laughs> yeah, anybody willing to join me for that? No, I'm just kidding. So here's, again, I'm going to go over the point again that I made earlier. And that's our expectations, our hopes the things we really look forward to, it does shape our behaviors. Even if it means some suffering and pain to get to that goal, right? So let me make that, uh, maybe you can connect with that this morning. What, what are you hoping for this morning? And for young people, like if you hope to graduate school, if you hope to get into college, what do you know you have to do to prepare? You have to study. You got to control your digital intake. You know, you got to, you got to, um, Put in the hard work, right, to, to pass your exams and, and graduate, and then hopefully um, off to the next step. If you want a job, anybody, anybody here on looking for a job, you know you got to build your skills, do the hard work, put a resume together, and of course, practice interviewing. Can I just practice interviewing, please? <laughs> I do a lot of interviews here, and oh, practice interviewing. Okay, if you want to... Um, if you want to lose weight, get, get in shape, lose a few pounds, what do you got to do? You got you to do the grind of working out. You got to, yeah, you got to work out. You got to watch what you eat. Again, what you hope for will cause you to, to adjust your lives so that you can meet that expectation. So that's what life and hope is about. Now, some of us have high hopes in here. Some of us have low hopes in here. Yeah? And why, why is that? Why, why is there like people that have high hopes and low hopes? Is that... Is that something that you grow up with? Is that something your parents teach you? Or, or maybe that's your personality? Uh, how many optimists in here? Optimists, yeah. How many pessimists in here? <laughs> okay, thank you for being honest. Online, tell us, are you an optimist or pessimist? Well, um, I, I would say like I'm neither. I'm like a realist. Like not, don't shoot too high, don't shoot too low, just kind of stay in a safe zone. You might call that boring, but anyway, that's, that's what I, I think I am. I had someone on the chat this morning said, they are a realist dreamer. <laughs> so they added another category, a realist dreamer. So here's the thing. Some of you, I, I realize, 
maybe your hopes have been impacted by the circumstances of your life, right? If we're honest, the circumstances of your life. And maybe it's been difficult for some of you. And maybe, just maybe you've experienced disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And as a result, your hopes are, are just crushed. You know, perhaps your reason for not having hope is, is your past mistakes. Maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe someone has told you in your life, you're good for nothing. Yeah, you're good for nothing, and you've heard that all your life. You know, maybe you're wondering why you're even here, yeah? Why, why does God even care? And why am I even living? And if that's you, I, I just want to acknowledge where you're at and, and the pain that you, you might be in. But I also want to tell you that I think you're here for the right reason. I think God wants you to know that he sees you and uh, he has a word for you this morning. So just, just stick with us, okay, as we get through this. Wherever you're at on this hope scale, I'm here to tell you that God does want each one of us to have high hopes. In fact, we are called to the, be the most hopeful, optimistic people in the world. And I'm not talking about, again, a fake kind of hope. There's people walking around with fake hope, right? Put that smile on and fake it till you make it. No. Or a crazy, weird kind of hope, like, today I'm going to win the jackpot and life is going to be gay. I, anyway, so it's not a fake hope. It's, it's a, not a crazy hope, but a real confident assurance that the best is yet to come. That's the kind of hope that God wants you to have. And why is that? Because it's this kind of hope when we walk around with the confidence of God that does bring him glory and attracts others to Christ through you. The hope you carry can attract others to Christ through your hope that you carry. You agree with me? Amen, yeah. So, so I do want to ask you again, where is your hope today? Where is your hope today? And my hope for you is that wherever you're at, God will help you to get to that next level and, and that you would respond as you hear him today. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we come before you today with the confidence that you are here and you are for us. You love us, Lord, and you have plans. You have great plans for our future. Uh, your word says that uh, you, you want to give us things that are far better than anything we can ask, think, or imagine. So we're here to receive that today. God, speak to us and uh, help us to walk out of here with a renewed sense of hope for life. And, and for those, Lord, that may be hurting today, that, that are running low on hope or maybe just out of hope, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just, would just touch them today and let them know that, that you're with them and they're going to get through this together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's move on. Okay, so speaking of the most hopeful people in the world, or, or speaking of hopeful people, let's hear from the author of our anchor scripture, the Apostle Paul, who was arguably the most hopeful person that ever lived beside Jesus, right? And his hope was really interesting. We've got to study this guy because his hope kept growing stronger and stronger in spite of all the fiery trials that he went through. In fact, those things seemed to help make him get even stronger. So before we get to the anchor scripture for our sermon series, let's look at chapters 1 to 4. This is called the, the Romans Road. I was reminded by Jeannie earlier. This is the Romans Road. And um, it's the gospel. So Paul's laying out the gospel for us. And we got to get it. In fact, let me ask you, do you know how to share the gospel with someone? Do you know what the gospel is? Okay. Um, let's put it up on the screen and let's walk through this together. Here's the gospel, the good news. God, our creator, 
He is holy. He's righteous. He's just. There's none like him. He's, he's, he's an amazing God. But all humanity, all humanity stands condemned, doomed, and separated from God because of our sin. Yeah, we all are sinners. Number three, we can't save ourselves by being good enough or following rules. We can't. And that's what every other religion in our world represents. Like, man, you can work your way into salvation. Whatever the salvation is, just somehow you can be good enough. Just follow these rules. Our faith says, no, you can't do anything to earn your way. Next, God's love and righteousness rescues us through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Christ alone, cornerstone. He's the only way. And then, number five, all who believe will receive a new identity as part of a new covenant family. We're no longer the same creatures. We become a new family of believers in Christ. So how close were you on, on this list? Can you explain this to someone? And I would encourage you, if you don't know this, please, please uh, ask me, ask someone to help you understand the gospel. After all, it's the foundation of our faith. It's the foundation for everything we stand for in life. And it's awesome to know that we are saved by grace, by God's favor, and not through our accomplishments, and that we have a promise of being with God for eternity. We have no reason to fear death, because death just represents a transition into the best that is yet to come, okay? So, this is what gives us hope, gang, that God is in control, He is for us, and we don't have to do anything to earn our salvation. And this is what fires me up every day, and something that I have to intentionally connect with every day. I have to connect with the gospel every day, because I forget every day. And every morning, I try to remember, I'm here, God, by your grace, and I'm so grateful to be in this relationship with you, and it empowers me into my day. And I'm also convinced that the Apostle Paul himself connected with the gospel every single day of his life and what powered his hope. So after laying this foundation of the gospel, okay, Paul now makes the declaration. And I want everybody in your most fired up voices online, if you're at home by yourself, join us as we read this together. Here we go. Ready? Let's go. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen? Amen. So you notice hope has been used three times in this verse uh, of, of uh, Romans. And I want to make a distinction here because hope in the Bible has a very different meaning than how it's used today. Hope, when it's used in the Bible, what Paul just said, means an absolute assurance in a confident expectation. It's actually like a reality of what's to come. There's no doubt, yeah? But on the contrary, hope in today's world has been watered down, right? It's been trivialized. Like, you know, I hope the traffic is not bad today. You know, I hope my uh, lunch is going to taste good. I hope I like my new boss. I mean, hope is just like this wishy-washy, powerless kind of hope. Whereas the confidence 
whereas the hope in the Bible is a confident hope and an assurance that comes from knowing God intimately and knowing that he's for you. And, and this is why Paul just, just declares it as he closes out this scripture. And he says, and hope does not put us to shame. It doesn't fail. It doesn't disappoint. Because God's love, which I know personally, has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, this kind of hope, knowing that your future is secure with God, is a promise gift, is a promise gift to those who experience God's love as they believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why it is so important to know the gospel and to not just know the gospel in your head, but to let the gospel invade your heart. Let God's love invade your heart. That's what the gospel is all about. And for some of you that have struggled with hope, maybe, just maybe your issue, maybe your understanding of this, this amazing good news that God has for you. And so I'm going to ask you, um, if, you if, if what we showed earlier about what the gospel is and you don't quite understand or, or you have something pushing back against it, please come and see me, come and see Matt or one of, there's a lot of leaders in here that understand the gospel. We want to help you with your hope as you understand the gospel and receive this amazing gift that he has for all of us, okay? All right, let's go back to verse 2. So Paul's, Paul says something in verse 2 that's kind of like a rewind. He actually is taking us back and wants us to see the big picture of all of this, okay? So that's really important. And he says this in verse 2. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope of the glory of God, meaning that we are proclaiming, he's saying, we are proclaiming the fact that God will be glorified, praised, and exalted. And all of creation, everything that was made, that includes you and me, everything that has happened in the past, everything that will happen in the future is meant to glorify God. Everything, okay? That's the big picture. You can see some of the scriptures here. And it's littered throughout scripture. It's all about God's glory. It's all about God's glory. And somehow... Again, we just, we just somehow lose that as we, as we journey through life. And um, the fact is, that is the primary purpose of our lives. God created us so that we can glorify Him, yeah? It's about His glory now and forever. And as I mentioned before, that's like the end game. That's the end of the trail. That's, that's the ultimate purpose for our lives. And we even know that uh, and, and state that in one of the Salvation Army doctrines. I want to put that up on the screen just so you know. Now, we affirm this. We, aff- we believe that there's only one God who is infinitely perfect. He's the creator, preserver, and governor of all things. And who is the only proper object of religious worship. In other words, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about God. And I have to say this every morning when I visit, revisit the gospel. It ain't about me. I have to say this because I'm a self-centered guy. As a Christian, I still go back to this, man, what's my day going to be like? How do I make my day, like, fulfill my needs? Like, it just, that's, that's our nature. We still have this sin nature. Fortunately, by God's power, we can, we can fight it off. But that still tries to come upon us, right? So that's why this is so important to know that it's all about God's glory. And there will come a day where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's going to get the glory. 
And those of us in heaven, we're going to be there face to face with him. And we get to do this in person with him. And it's going to be awesome. And speaking of awesome, I, I want to share something I love to do that, that just gets me in this mode. And it's, it's stargazing. And more specifically, I love to look for the Milky Way. And by the way, did you know you can you find the Milky Way up on the north shore of Oahu? You don't have to go to Mauna Kea. I actually, when, when I went to Zion, the second thing I wanted to do was stargaze, right? But it was actually better on the North Shore than in, in Utah because of the air pollution in Utah. But anyway, all that to say, like, whenever I look at the stars, I just, I'm reminded that there's billions of stars in, in our galaxy. Some people say two, three hundred billion. Like, in the universe, uku billion. You know what uku billion is? It's a number that I can't even, I, I don't even know. It's just... And here's the other thing about stars. Like, there are stars. Our, our sun is a star. It's an average-sized star. There are stars that are a billion times bigger than our sun. Like, how, how does that even work, <laughs> right? Yet, by the sheer will of God, he spoke all of it into being when he said, let there be light. And What? I just want you to grasp, like, how amazing and big God is. And there's even scientists going, like, we don't know how big the universe is. We don't know why the universe is so big. And there's got to be aliens out there. Well, anyway, the whole point is, why is the universe so big? I believe God created it to be beyond our imagination to show how big he is and to say, worship me. Worship me. And you know what's cool is... Um, we read in Revelations how there are creatures and elders that are seeing what, what I'm talking about that one day we get to see, but they, that's why they can't help fall on their faces and just bow down and worship. Holy, holy, holy. And we're called to do that even today. That's our mission. That's our purpose for our lives. And everything we do has to be tied to God's glory, okay? So that's, again, I'm sorry, that took a long time, but I needed to get that off the plate and set that foundation, the gospel and God's glory, because it's all about God's glory. So I want to bring you back now. Let's zoom back in to the point about aligning our behaviors to the things we look forward to. Now, Paul he eagerly wanted to become like his Savior Jesus. So he embraced this process in Romans 5.3 where he says this, right? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. What, what in the world is he talking about there? Well, I call this the hope-producing cycle. I just made it up because it just sounds cool. <laughs> but anyway, it's this cycle. And ultimately, catch this, it trains us to put our hope in God and less on our circumstances. This hope cycle trains us to put our hope in God and not on our circumstances. And in life, what do we put our hopes in? What our 401k is doing, right? What, you know, things of the world, you know? Again, how's traffic today? So it's meant to bring us back to where our hope comes from. And it, of course, starts with suffering being in an uncomfortable position, which gives an opportunity for perseverance to happen. Can we keep going through suffering? If you persevere and remain obedient through whatever trial it is, you'll become more like Jesus. And as you become more like Jesus, you take on his character, 
which then will lead to more hope because Jesus had perfect hope and he had perfect hope in the Father. So as you become more like Jesus through suffering, you actually gain more hope and hope in the right thing. And again, this is not meant to be a one and done experience. The reason why it's a cycle is because all of life is meant to be a cycle of suffering, perseverance, character, hope, a renewed hope. It's kind of mentioned in, in, in the Bible where it says we go from one degree of glory to the next. And, and along with that comes this hope that gets stronger as you go. Okay, next. Suffering can now be viewed as a gift, right? What? Yes, suffering is a gift. And no one knew this better than the, than the Apostle Paul himself. After all, he suffered from abandonment, shipwrecks, beatings, near death on multiple occasions, which meant for him that when there was nothing left to lean on, literally nothing, everything was stripped away right next to death, he learned how to rely on Jesus through the Holy Spirit completely, who was always there for him, always there, and which is why his hope became so grounded in Jesus Christ. And it ultimately led him to have this closeness to Jesus and this resolute hope Again, this confident assurance of his future and that it was secure. Now, let's, let's bring this to ourselves. The truth is we are all going to suffer at one point or another. Young or old, some of you I know are going through some tremendous suffering. And, and my heart goes out to you. And, and suffering comes in a variety of ways, right? Unexpected illness, loss of loved ones, financial crisis, broken relationships. I mean, you just go on and on. The key is, the key for us is to persevere through the circumstances by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. To not give up and choose, you know, shortcuts. But if we're honest, like, if I can be honest, it's easier to avoid the hope cycle, right? It's easier to, no, I don't want to go through that. It's just, it, suffering sucks, right? I mean, I can't even find a word that, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. Anyway, suffering is not a good thing. So, so if we're honest, we, we admit we, instead of going through the suffering, we, we pursue a life of comfort and, and, and escaping suffering, which is meant to actually grow us into the image of Christ. And we pursue comfort and convenience at all costs, especially in America, especially in the most materialistic, blessed country that we live in. In fact, even our founding documents are meant to like move us away from suffering, right? It's all about the American dream, folks, right? It's the, it's the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness versus suffering. And again, I, I'm not, I don't want to sound completely morbid, like those things, you can't enjoy that as a Christian. I'm not saying that, but I will say this, like suffering was meant to be part of our journeys, that's the only way we can grow in certain ways like Christ and to grow this hope that I'm talking about. And again, we, we because of sometimes getting duped by, by, I'll call it a false gospel, the, um, we call it like the prosperity gospel. You know, if you have enough faith, you're going to just get blessed in every single way, right? Because of that, I think that's why so many people, Christians included, fall into hopelessness and depression because, because our hope gets put on things that are not what God wants, and ultimately that's him. Not only that, but we have an enemy. His name is called Satan, 
And he wants to rob you of your godly hope, your hope in Christ alone, as we just sang. So we just sang that with our hearts. But the enemy can't stand that. So guess what he's going to do? He's going to try to convince you to avoid suffering at all costs rather than lean on the Holy Spirit to get you through suffering where you can praise God in your suffering. And instead, he says, choose the easier road. There's an easier way. Turn away from God's path. Hey, I got something better for you. Or, or hey, I got something to help you numb the pain. You know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or illicit relationships, I got something for you that'll help you numb the pain. Or I got a shortcut for you. Maybe, you know, whether it's cheating or something to uh, circumvent God's plans. Yeah, there's an easier way than suffering. And then what ends up happening is we start fixating on those things. And those things can look as innocent as like our houses, our careers, again, our 401ks, our social media accounts, our hobbies. I mean, and again, all of these things are, are neutral, but they can turn into idols. They can turn into things that we become obsessed by if we're not, again, focused on where our true hope rely, um, comes from, and that's God. So here's a question that I want you to ask. With everything you do as you start your day, as you start your day in the morning, God, Here's on my agenda. This is on my agenda. But how do I make sure this is tied to your glory? Because if you ask that question, you'll start, to, you'll start to see in your life like, whoa, actually this is more for my comfort and for me than it is about God's glory. So ask that question. Is what am I about to do? Are my plans, my purposes for today, this activity, my thoughts related to the glory of God? And if you see the disconnect there, then take adjustments. So we're coming down to the right here. So how can we tell what our hope is in? Let me just say, it's through your emotions sometimes. You know, uh, or God has given us gifts of emotions. And one of the ways we can tell that our hope is starting to drift from, from the cornerstone is when, when things don't go our way and we react a certain way, like, like angry or sad, right? That's when you can tell, uh-oh, where's my hope? Now, I'm going to share something. I'm going to be vulnerable. Like, I used to be, like, uh, hyper-competitive. I'm, I'm, I think I'm still competitive, but I used to be hyper-competitive. And it comes from a place of, of again, I, I shared before, I, I've always lived with this sense of inadequacy. Like, even now, I'm struggling. Like, man, is anyone hearing this? But I've always struggled with that. I've struggled with shame. So guess what? Winning, if I win, uh, whether in school or sports, at least I can cover that up. Cover it up. And so I'm going to win in everything, sports, and, and like, don't get me, don't, yeah, just don't get me riled up. Like, man, it's, and even through the football teams I cheer for that I have no control over, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh, they make me mad. Anyway, it's like, um, yeah, I tr I'm trying to get my hope through them winning. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And if they lose, my whole week's bad. Like, my whole family knows, hey, don't go by dad. His Steelers lost. Like, what in the world, right? So we can tell our hope is going astray when, again, our reactions are not, uh, not maintaining the hope that we're all called to be. But praise God, God has revealed that my hope in the Steelers was like the worst thing. Some of us in here are still cheering for teams that should. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Okay, so at the beginning of this message, I asked how your hope level is, right? How is your hope level? And I'm going to just give you a real, real simple solution. Again, no magic bullets here. This message is really a reminder to, to you. It was a reminder to myself. But I just want to encourage you to put your focus back on Jesus, right? He is the author and perfecter of our faith. 
Know that the enemy is trying to distract you with everything he can throw at you to take you off the path of suffering and, and to get your, your hope in other things. Stay focused on his promises. And, and how do we do that? We, we have to be in the word, church. We, we have to be in the word. It's not just coming on Sundays and listening to the preacher because half the time, I don't know if our message is getting across. But the point is, you got to be in the word. Feed yourself God's promises. Feed yourself God's word every single day. Every single day. Because you know, outside of that time, you're getting bombarded with every other message of what to put your hope in. Then surround yourself with fellow believers that have the hope that you want. Okay? So look for believers, and there's many of them in our church that have this amazing hope. Even through the suffering. They're like, I'm still staying faithful to God. I'm, I'm, my health is about to fail, but I'm still praising God because I know what lies ahead. Surround yourself with people like that. You do those things, and again, I know that those aren't easy because, again, you have to suffer and make sacrifices that maybe your flesh doesn't want. Those things will lead you to the hope that God is calling you to. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up as we bring this to a close. I want to show you a picture. It is a picture of Mount Everest. Maybe one day. So, these are people that are climbing, as you can see. The highest mountain is like nearly 30,000 feet in the air. I mean, this mountain is higher than airplanes fly, right? Some airplanes, at least. So, it's the most grueling climb that, that a human being can experience. It even requires you to bring separate oxygen tanks just to be able to survive. There's not enough oxygen up there. And many climbers will spend all of their lives, all of their savings to achieve this pinnacle. And only a few will actually ever get to do it. You know, you know that this climb is absolutely a, a beast. But yet, these climbers were willing to endure because they had a hope in something greater. And here's the thing. With every step that they took, every step which required perseverance, yeah? they became more resolute in their character, right? And their hope, did it shrink as they got closer to the, to the finish line? No. With each step towards God and becoming like Him and doing His will, your hope will grow. It's the same in our walk with Christ. So get this picture in your mind. We too, family, we too have the assurance of this hope if we stay on the path that God is calling us to. In fact, this pinnacle that these hikers were going after would give them views that nobody else on earth could experience. Nobody. But what's really cool about believers in Christ, we'll get to experience things that blow Mount Everest away. And that's something we can look forward to. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined, fathom. We can't even come up with the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So persevere, family. Heaven is right around the corner. Heaven is right around the corner. And I know in your suffering it might seem long. But it's right around the corner. Whether Jesus comes back soon or he calls you back, heaven is right around the corner. Persevere. Keep it going. You got this. Because God's got you. 
So here's the thing. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and you want to receive this hope he has for you, if maybe this is the first time you saw the gospel in its full context, now we can't do it on, on our own. We can't do it through the hopes of the world. We can't do it through our efforts, but it's only through Christ. And you want to receive this Christ for the first time, today is the day. All you have to say is, Jesus, I trust you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Save me from my sins. And I'm going to trust that because you died on the cross and raised from the dead, that I can be forgiven of all my sins and be restored in this relationship with you. Guess what, gang? It's as easy as that. Now, the hard part is you have to lay down your pride. <laughs> you have to come to the end of yourself and stop chasing, stop thinking it's all about us and just say it's all about you, God, and your glory. So if that's you, I want to invite you to make that decision. Now, for some of you, you might be Christians and have been walking with Jesus for a long time. And I'm getting emotional because I'm, I'm speaking to myself here. Like, I've allowed things to distract me. A lot of, again, good things, but not the best things. And, and maybe some of you can relate to what I'm going through. I've put my hope in a lot of things on this earth. And, and praise God, by his grace, he's helping me work those things out. But maybe that's you. You know, maybe you've got one foot in the path, one foot outside the path on the slippery slope. Guess what? You can't move forward in Christ like that. You're stuck. In fact, you might just slip and fall, and who knows? God is saying, get back on the path. This is the path of life. And then some of us have totally wandered off, and God is calling you back as well. Now, the other thing, uh, we don't have to show the picture, but on this trail, there's, there's guys, that are, guys and gals that are tethered to one another, because we can't do this alone, yeah? We're meant to do this together as a family. We need to keep each other safe. So if one brother or sister falls, bam, we got you. And not just that, but we are here to call the rest of this community and everybody who doesn't know Jesus onto this trail because that's what Jesus wants. He doesn't want anyone to come to, to a place where there's no return. He wants everyone to find life in him alone. So let's bow our heads and just ask the Lord of all creation to just come into our presence and into our hearts for some of us, maybe for the first time. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being a, a, it's just amazing. And I know my words cannot come close to describing who you are. And we just want to give you glory today, God. And maybe someone here for the very first time wants to receive the hope that you promise, wants to receive the love that you demonstrated for us on the cross for the first time. And God, I know you're faithful to forgive them and promise them eternal life that only comes through relationship with you, Jesus. So thank you for those people that are making that decision for the very first time today. And for the rest of us, God, help us stay on the path. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Help us to stay committed to you. Help us to link arms with other believers to stay on this path, to encourage those in suffering, to help, to help let them know that, that, that the Lord is with them. We're with them. We're going to help each other through this journey of life. God, again, we thank you for your presence and all that you're doing in this church. Help us reach those that don't know you in this community. We love you, Jesus, and we praise your name. Amen.